Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, and I am here today, as usual, with George Mays, but also a special guest, Josh King. Thanks for having me. Welcome back, Josh King, from Meridian Church. Still there. Second episode with <laughs> I'm us. I'm still there, and it's still there. What did we do for the last time That's you were good. here? Uh, gospel, what's the gospel issue? What is the gospel? Yes. That's yep. a, that what was a good episode. Issue? I enjoyed doing that one. Yeah. So thanks for coming back today, Josh King. How long you been there? The ten years October. Ten years. Yeah, that's that's a long time, man. For today's preacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for preaching in our church again. Thank My you. Pleasure. Uh, it's you a guys, joy. You guys should go back and listen to that um, on our regular church page. You can find that sermon. Be well worth it for you to go listen to it. Super important topic, the gospel. We think, oh, church knows the gospel. Well, we forget it easily, mm. and we can add other things to it. And so I'd encourage you to go listen to that. Uh, well, today we've got um, an episode we're going to do on on church membership. So we thought, hey, Josh is in town. Josh what? is the ex- expert on <laughs> he wrote a book. membership. He yeah. wrote a book on church membership. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you didn't, though, did you? No. No, he no. didn't. Uh, it it would have been great if I had. <laughs> yeah. Sure would have. <laughs> it would have been awesome. But church membership is important to you and to your church, and so our church is um, very similar in that regard. And so we thought, you know what, it might be interesting for our church people to kind of rehash our church membership, like why do we have church membership, what is church membership, how do we go about it? And then I know there are a lot of people now listening, which is kind of neat, that aren't even from here or from Oklahoma. There are even a few, I think, that listen from overseas, which is pretty humbling to think about. Um, just two guys with two broke cameras in here, <laughs> a little podcast machine. It's Larry. Yeah, Larry, and, and Larry's Larry, the one that makes the magic yeah. happen. So we thought, hey, you know what? <laughs> one of the great things about our church, and I, and I know about yours too, is uh, membership actually means something. And I think it the way things have been done promote the health of the church, mm-hmm. which has... I know for me and and for George, um, I, we don't experience a lot of the heartaches. Like there are just common heartaches that pastors experience. You know, people struggle with sin and normal pastor, pastoral things. Mm-hmm. But the drama, we don't we don't have a lot of drama. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right. How often have you been in the associational meeting, and it that conversation uh-huh. starts? Right. Yeah, Everyone. Yeah. yeah. And. I would say ninety percent of the time, whenever I'm hearing that, like I, I don't understand any of it. <laughs> how it how Praise it God, praise right. God. But I'd say the two reasons are they bring it on themselves, mm-hmm. and the two ways it happens are the way their leadership is structured, yeah. and the way membership is structured. Right. I would say that's that's the majority of their problems right there. So we've both been in typical Southern Baptist churches, and uh, we know what membership usually looks like. But maybe there are people listening that have no idea what we're talking about because maybe they've only known elder-led regenerate church membership. Mm-hmm. It's been a process to join a church. Maybe it would be good for us just to for a, a few minutes to talk about what what is it what does it look like typically okay. in a Southern Baptist church. Hang on to it for one second. I want you guys to do that because I think you have good stories on that. <laughs> but first, for those that don't really know anything about this, and you know, if, if you don't, I'm glad you're here. This is one of the reasons we, we do this podcast, just to, to ex- try to explain these things. What do you even mean by church membership, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So talk about 
the distinction between what is known as the universal church and the local church. I think that'd be helpful for people for people to understand that because yeah. there's kind of these people today that are out there. They're like, "Hey, if you're a Christian, right, you were you're part of the church, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of do your own thing, and you know, and and that type of deal." So, what it, what do we mean by that distinction there when we say member of a local church? So, talk about that distinction. Yeah, and the the Baptist faith, the message makes that distinction mm-hmm. that there's the universal church that consists of all the saints of all time. Mm-hmm. So if you are a Christian, you are part of capital C church. Mm-hmm. So we're not those type of Baptists who think Baptists are the only Christians. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Because yes. they are that kind, right? There are. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I grew up around those kinds. You did? So. Oh, yeah. I didn't have that experience until I moved down to Southwest Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And apparently, um, landmarkism... It's um, that is big down the, here. Let me say the local body I grew up in. That's not where they landed at all. Mm-hmm. But I was part of American Baptist Association, and there's a lot of landmarkism okay. in that. Okay, and so I, so there were people that thought that way. Uh-huh. Is this Trail of Blood like uh, yes. yeah. the Baptist so, Bride or whatever? Baptist uh, successionism is, <laughs> yeah. is okay. what it's called. So what what that means is that there are people that believe that they can trace. The Baptist Church, uh-huh. the Baptist Church, mm-hmm. <laughs> back, which all, is simply the church, the church, yeah, all the way back to the apostles. But uh-huh. also, they and, don't and, believe in Big C Church. Yeah, yeah, they don't. Which is weird. They're they churches. believe in local churches, yeah. right? They they don't make that distinction. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking to someone who was a member of the church here before we merged, and he, I didn't even know how to address that. Because I'd never, <laughs> I'd never heard it before. It's like, what do you mean you don't believe in the universal church? Mm. Like, do you think that we're the only Christians? Like in this building, <laughs> this, <laughs> this, this is the church, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of how he he acted. That's that's how he was viewing it. Mm-hmm. Like, what about the Baptist church, you know, down the street? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's bizarre, but um, yeah, the trail of blood. It's I wouldn't even call it a book. It's more like a pamphlet <laughs> that that's trace that well it it um it claims to trace Baptist lineage, but if you actually do any kind of um historical research, which they also do not really really want to do. <laughs> Modern the, revisionism. The, yeah, that's right. the trail of blood, that is their that's their textbook. <laughs> that's their history book. But if you look at the the many groups that they um, that they claim as Baptist not only were they Pado Baptist but they many of them were just straight out heretical mm-hmm. like they not not only were they not Baptist but they weren't even Christians yeah right. um, so it's, uh, it's interesting where yeah. were we going with this conversation universal yeah. <laughs> oh universal, yes the universal yeah, yeah. Church. what we were saying is we're yeah not... so we yeah so yeah. we would we would even though we would disagree with um, our pres- we were talking about it earlier, our Presbyterian brothers and sisters, we would, we would not unite in one local church mm-hmm. um, over our differences in baptism or church polity, but we would still say, if they're Orthodox, if they're you know, Orthodox Presbyterian, we have to make that distinction, don't we? Uh, we would still say that they're brothers, mm-hmm. that they're part of the big C church. 
And by orthodox, you don't mean the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. You mean well, I mean the. They or, actually, I mean, I would, I would mean the Orthodox. Right, right. <laughs> but you, you mean more than that church, But more than that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, more than just that denomination. Right. Yeah, right. those those who hold to the first tier gospel issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same and, way we would do with our Baptist, right? <laughs> right. Uh, just because you have that on the uh-huh. sign as well doesn't, doesn't mean anything, right. it doesn't mean anything today. Yeah, because there are many those uh, Presbyterian, even in Baptists, who have mm-hmm. abandoned inerrancy of Scripture. Right. Uh, abandoned, we would say the gospel. They're yeah. they are pretty much universalist. Mm-hmm. They've, they've abandoned uh, Christ's view on human sexuality. I like to say Christ's view because I believe he inspired all of the Bible. Right. Uh, we don't distinguish between mm-hmm. members of the Trinity, like. Right. Hey, surprise! Here's Jesus. He doesn't know what happened in the Old Testament, <laughs> right. right? But there are people like that. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit did this. We don't know what how involved uh, Jesus was. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so universal church, church, who, church militant, which is the the church who's alive right now. Yeah, we're we're in the earth, we're in the world, and then the church triumphant, those saints who have gone to be with the Lord. Yeah. So all over the earth right now. So let's let's this might be fun. Where do you close it off then? Universal church. So you've already mentioned Presbyterians. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll throw some more out there. How about Methodist? I mean, it just depends. <laughs> as far as being part of the capital C church? Yeah, the, the universal church. Oh, right. there's no doubt there are Methodists that are yes. part of the capital okay. C church. Yeah, so so we aren't like, hey, you're... Name one. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> you're saved by, right. by faith alone. Right. You're right. not saved by adhering to the doctrine mm-hmm. of faith alone. Yeah. So that's that you know that we've talked about you know Calvinists yeah. who think that anyone who mm-hmm. isn't a Calvinist isn't they can't possibly be a Christian. Well, they're, now they're adding another they're now adding adding another element to the gospel. Right. Um, we're we're <clears throat> saved by the work of Christ. Right. Alone. Yeah. Um, we we trust in Christ mm-hmm. and Christ saves us. Um, and we believe that that's a definite atonement. Well, you can be saved even though you don't agree with definite atonement. Isn't there an irony there that because of our belief, we can be more charitable <laughs> right. towards them than they could be towards us? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. So where would you guys draw the uh, kind of the parameters of the universal church? Would Would you say those that are in the Protestant stream... That if they're in that and they are believing in <clears throat> salvation by faith alone in Christ alone, that they are uh, part of the universal church, is that where you would draw like cap it off? No, okay. I, no. I'd probably draw the line around the solas. Okay, I think there are there are persons. Let's just say within Catholicism mm-hmm. that, in spite mm-hmm. of the doctrine of the church, right. They, they're genuine converts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Let's turn it a little. Hey, so, which would be surprising to some to learn that that's what Luther was, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And that's what Calvin was. Mm-hmm. Yes. Until you know, God opened their eyes to see more clearly. Then they eventually moved out. Mm-hmm. So, um, ha- let, maybe there's a parallel here that will make sense of this. How many times have you had? A saint in a in that kind of typical Baptist church, they they don't know anything of what it really means to be Baptist mm-hmm. historic doctrines, mm-hmm. and um, or they don't know. Let, let's make it this way: they don't know they're Calvinist, but you start teaching it, and they say, "Yes, that's what I've seen in the Bible." Right. So I think in the same way, you've got persons, say, in the Catholic Church, 
that they know Christ died for their sins and that's what they're banking on, and everything else is just a convoluted blur mm-hmm. to them. Right. But if you were, if you actually kind of walked with them through the scriptures, yes, I believe that. So I think that's the kind of situation you run into that makes it really hard <clears throat> to, well, that's why we call it the invisible church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we can't really, uh, when we're talking about the universal church, we get into the invisible church. We can't really put our God knows, right? Um, and and it is important to say there are lines. That's what the local church expresses that that there right. are lines to right. the church, but we don't know them perfectly. Yeah, Spur- right. Spurgeon couldn't lift up the coattails and see the the elect stamp on a person, but God does, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the that uh, kind of invisible nature of it. Let's let's use that to to bridge over into the local church. So the local church, then, we would say, <clears throat> is a local gathering, a body of believers that mm-hmm. have um, <clears throat> that are cooperating together. They're a purposeful, uh, unified fellowship of saints in an area uh, that come together for fellowship, encouragement, hearing the preaching of the word, worshiping God. Accountability, church discipline, uh, the sacraments of the Lord's Supper and baptism, and to advance the gospel into the world. There's kind of a one I'll throw out there, like Mm -hmm. you know, that's just off the top of my head. I'm thinking about these things. So, a local gathered church is, we would say, a visible something you can see. Now, does that mean even? And we'll use this to get into our membership kind of stuff. Are we saying? Every single person in this local gathered church is a Christian. Do we know that for one hundred percent of fact? We do it to the best of our ability, but right. of course we we can't know another person's heart. Right. And we, we can't know with one hundred percent certainty. I can't know with one hundred percent certainty if Josh is a Christian. I know him, I think, well enough that right. his his life evidences that he is a Christian. His, so his life matches what he's, he's professing, professing right. with his mouth, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> okay, so church discipline, yeah, is built in by God in His wisdom mm-hmm. because we are fallible. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, getting back to way back to something you were, I think, kind of getting at um, earlier is is church membership biblical. Yeah, local church membership because, like you said, there are people that say, "Well, since there's, you know, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian, we're we're part of the, you know, big capital C church," but local local church membership, that's not biblical. So if I come into your church, I should be able to participate in um, worship and and the um, the ordinances, just like. Any any other Christian vote on matters even vote on yeah. What what was interesting is when I moved down here to replant. Re, uh, it was re, we renamed it Redeemer, but the church in Cash. Yeah. Some, it was very small, sixteen people. But the old Constitution, which you know they didn't write it, former the former leadership I'm assuming wrote it. It didn't have like church membership. Mm. It's like if you if you're an, a regular attender. Then I guess you're a member, kind of thing. I've got a I've got a seminary friend. Um, he is a pastor of a evangelical free church up in Iowa, and um, he's lamented to me several times the fact that 
they they're not strong on church membership mm. and so that there's a lot there's a lot of issues that arise out of not 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 right. seeing that as as vital to the health of a church but mm-hmm. it makes sense in e-free churches if you don't have a position on baptism yeah right why you would be loose <laughs> right on membership right mm-hmm. yeah um so he's he's experienced some problems but i think that when we get to um matters such as church discipline then we start to see Mm-hmm. Church membership, right? Here's so you know you have those people who say I don't. Where's church membership in the Bible? Mm-hmm. They're uh-huh. looking for explicit passages. This is my favorite way to to address that. Um, so I'm going to go off topic for a bit, but I think you'll okay. see the application. Uh, this is uh, Warfield's uh, essay on the Trinity, and he says it is not the Trinity. In a text here and there that the New Testament bears its testimony to the doctrine of the Trinity, the whole book is Trinitarian to the core. All its teaching is built on the assumption of the Trinity, and its allusions to the Trinity are frequent, cursory, easy, and confident. It is with a view to the cursoriness of the allusions to it in the New Testament that has been remarked that the doctrine of the Trinity is not so much heard as overheard in the statements of Scripture. It would be more exact to say that it is not so much inculcated as presupposed, the doctrine of the Trinity does not appear in the New Testament in the making, but as already made. I think that's the same kind of thing. There are places where you can go to what I, I would say church membership is clearly involved here. Mm-hmm. But more often, it's just presumed. Yeah. It's it's uh, you can't make sense without it, right. time right. and time again. Yeah, right. To the to the church at Corinth, yeah. like who's he talking to? Yeah. Is he just talking to whoever wanders into the building? Yeah. Or yeah. uh, the the best I think is to the church at Philippi mm-hmm. with overseers mm-hmm. and deacons and deacons. Right, there's a particular church with particular elders and overseers. Right, I would say the I think the the person who I don't see church membership in the body. Which elders are you sub, to submit to? <laughs> right, yeah, that's, and, that's and that, where I was going to go. That goes the first Peter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that goes the first Peter with the elders. Yeah. That that Peter exhorts some shepherd the flock of God that is among, among you. you. Like we mm-hmm. we have as elders, we have authority over a particular people, right? And we have to know who those people are because we're being held responsible for yeah. for how we mm-hmm. shepherd those people. Yeah, the he- Hebrews thirteen. Um, yes. 7 and 17 are particularly helpful, I think. 7 is, remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So, you know, who who are you to be imitating? Every pastor in town? <laughs> right. Like, who are you to watch closely and try to imitate their faith? Yeah. I mean, think about that. People are watching you. It's mm-hmm. a high standard. You know, you are to model what is a Christian to be like. Yeah. You don't look at every person ever. And then it gets even, I think... Uh, more solid in 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those will have to give an account. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the membership class, which we'll talk about in a second, you know, I usually ask, like, for those maybe kind of iffy on this, like, am I supposed to give an account to God for every Christian in, <laughs> right. in Lawton? How yeah. could I bear that responsibility? Right. So the very offices of elder and deacon presuppose that there is a membership. Yeah. Yeah, you you want to know right who when I if I were to die today and stand before Christ mm-hmm. and he would 
start to hold me to account for how I shepherded people. Like I want to know those people who they are, yeah, and their names, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Um, and so membership definitely helps that, but it yeah. also helps the church member because mm-hmm. they're not to submit to every person in the world who says they're a pastor, right? You know what I mean? Right. Um, um, and, and then we just again, I think church discipline presupposes that there's membership because mm-hmm. the, if if church discipline is taken to its its final well what is that George well church discipline is yeah. like you know we we don't know 100 percent um if you're a Christian but we take you at your word mm-hmm. and we take you at your your um, profession um, and then we watch to see if your life matches to your profession mm-hmm. well if your life doesn't match, to your confession of faith, then we um, go through church discipline, which we find that in Matthew eighteen. We see it in First Corinthians five. Uh, you go to you go to your brother individually. If he repents, you've won your brother. If not, you take two or three witnesses. If he listens to you, great. If not, you take it to the church. Again, who, how do you who, bring that before? Who, who is that? <laughs> you bring it to everybody. Just Council. announce, just announce it from the rooftops. <laughs> right here, you're bringing it to a particular body. Right, right. Um, if the person still won't listen to the church, again, they have to know who <laughs> these people are. Um, then you put them out. Right? right. Well, what are you putting them out of? Mm-hmm. Right. If they're not in, and, then how can you put them out? And if it's just big big capital C and you can just go to any mm-hmm. any building and you're in the church then how could there ever possibly be meaningful church discipline there's a local body you're a member of that local body your your lifestyle doesn't match with your confession you haven't listened to to the members as they've come to you even the whole church has come begging you to repent you don't listen and so they put you out of the membership and right. so no you no longer have a place in that that membership right how yeah. how much of the problem is because we don't understand the terminology of membership at all right um, so we draw it from our Sam's Club yes. membership, <laughs> right. Right. rather well, pe- than from Corinthians. Well, I mean, people take membership at the country club more yes. seriously than they do membership at yeah. the church, right? Uh-huh. Like there there's requirements. There's requirements. You can't just walk in with torn jeans and and a mm-hmm. you know a, a stained T-shirt. Like you're required to do something to be a member of the country club, mm-hmm. and. Um, People just throw that out when it comes to the church. Ah, God's requirements aren't as steep as the people down the street at the country club. Right. So yeah. Paul's writing to a particular body mm-hmm. when he uses this language of members. Right. Your members, parts of the body, mm-hmm. one part edifying the other, a whole body. Right. Like a human and, body. Yes. Yep. And it's it's a mutually beneficial for each part to be healthy. Right. That That's what membership is, and there's no way you can do that like the same way you can't bring disciplinary issues to the universal church. Right. You can't fulfill the one another's. You can't observe uh, the supper. You can't do these things with the now church. Now, hold up, Josh. Can you not just take your little cup of uh, of grape juice and some uh, animal crackers in uh-huh. front of your laptop and... It, it and is... Com- the- <laughs> it's, it's communion, right? Uh-huh. And it's not just communion with our Lord. Right. It's communion with... With each other. With the mm-hmm. saints. And it's covenantal communion. They're- right. That's why in uh, in Corinthians, Paul says to observe the body, right? Mm-hmm. In that section, that teaching on the Lord's Supper. Yeah. This, so. this, this goes into issues that we've talked about online 
online church. Like you can't do online church. Right. Because That's, the church is the assembly and you don't <laughs> assemble online. You can see each other, but you're not in the same room. And um, it, it's really hard to obey the one another's, mm-hmm. bear one another's burdens. Did you see the church that was, uh, they were doing communion? This might have been Fellowship Church during quarantine, and they encouraged them to just grab whatever. Mm-hmm. And it had like a pic, you saw, like it was oh, a yeah. picture of orange juice yeah. and, uh, you know, I don't, a muffin. Yeah. And join us for communion. It's yeah. it's not the, the, the sentiment is it's not the elements that matter, it's your heart. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, if, it, if, if it's just your heart, then why did, <laughs> why was there any emphasis on the elements at all? Mm-hmm. And doesn't it begin to smell like a kind of pagan part of the, you're part of this oneness mm-hmm. and spiritual, it's a, it's a pagan idea. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, church membership helps us to understand that Jesus, that this comes from Jesus, right? You just didn't make this up, George, <clears throat> Matthew 18. It's interesting to me though, uh, this is what Jesus commands a church to do. And uh, one of the problems we see in the world today, well, in the West particularly, is that because no one's practiced church discipline, um, many people are free just to call themselves Christians, and they look just like the world, and they may even be part of a local church, and the church never, ever confronts them about it, right? Like, uh, Jesus does tell us to judge, but it may come as a shock to people, right? Like, (laughs) he'll use visual illustrations, like, you want to go up to this tree, you want to find fruit on it. If you go up to a tree and you find thorns on it, then you know, hey, that's not a fruit tree, right? So you're in a church with other believers, uh, there's a person claiming, like, this person, this man claims to be a believer, and you walk up and you're like, man, this guy's, like, growing thorns. Mm -hmm. And you're like, ah, you know, whatever. It's all good. Let's uh, sweep it under the rug. Um, well, the local church body is supposed to do what George said, and uh, and to call this person out on that. And if, if they repent, <clears throat> and then they're probably a Christian. If they don't repent, they prove themselves to probably be what they already were because mm-hmm. they won't listen to the church. Right. And now this is this is Jesus's command, right? right. And so what's surprising is. Uh, that people people don't often they don't they don't follow it. It's it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And that uh, yeah, is. But it's not uh, up for up for us. We don't have the right to redefine uh, his church. Right? Yeah. He defines it. So there's there's a, a lack of emphasis on the importance of a local church. Mm-hmm. So you just have floaters. Yeah. Um, just go wherever they're scratching that itch. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there is a lack of emphasis on the kind of membership mm-hmm. we'll get into that we got to go back to what what you know yeah what what typical southern baptist church membership looks like and then there's a lack of emphasis on church discipline yes yeah you're right all right so let's go back to that then okay <clears throat> growing up how you guys grew up explain how typically now i i'm i'm sure this is not only in the sbc right? i'm sure this is oh yeah in like most non-denominational churches oh yeah in many other churches, um, so explain how hey, you in Presbyterian observe. churches. You just have to be born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've just always been a, a member little, of this local just, church. Just take what a little mean? swipe. <laughs> uh, okay, so explain. Tell us what you observed growing up. Kind of how membership was done. Um, walk an aisle. The Baptist sacrament. You talk to the pastor. 
So during, I, during the invitation time, right? They have an invitation. Okay, I just moved to town, George. Okay. I just moved to your church. Yep. All right, first time visiting the church. Yeah. I'm really moved by your worship and, <laughs> and the preaching. <laughs> right. The preaching was good. Now yeah. what happens? So at the end of the service, they'll have an invitation. It wasn't George's church. <laughs> <laughs> Inside jokes. They'll have, they'll have an invitation, right? For what? Uh, for you to come forward and make a decision. Okay. So you can you can decide to uh, that you want to be a Christian. Okay. You want to ask Jesus into your heart, right? Or you want to join the church. Yeah. Right. So you uh, you walk the aisle. Um, you're usually met by the pastor or maybe a deacon. Um, you tell them what you want to do. They've got a little little information card. Fill that sucker out. Uh, if they're if they're um, you know, good pastor, they'll pray with you at least, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, wait for you know eight stanzas of just how as I am to be sung. And uh, you know what I'm talking about, Josh. <laughs> then um, the the uh, the pastor stands at the front and he he calls the the person up. This is so and so. I want to join with our church. Um, they may they may indicate that they've been baptized. So I'm a stranger. They're, they're coming. They're coming by. Um, they're coming by profession of faith. Okay. Uh, by uh, letter of transfer, mm-hmm. or what's the third one? There's always a third one. Salvation. That would be that, or by baptism. Yes. Yeah, baptism, profession of faith, or by letter, letter of transfer from another another like-minded church. Okay. So I'm a total stranger. Okay. First Sunday there, I come forward. Uh huh. And I say I want to join the church. Uh huh. And he, what does he ask? Like, are you a Christian? Um, yeah. Uh, are you a Christian? Mm-hmm. Have you been baptized? Yes. By by immersion? Yes. Now, I mean, it's been a long time since. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> since I've I've heard anything like this, but mm-hmm. you know, it, that's usually that's typically. And if you say yes, that's that's you that's that's usually good. That's that's usually good. The pastor usually introduces you before the congregation. They they want to join, they want to join because they're trusting in Jesus. They want to be baptized, or they're coming by profession of faith, or they they're they'll have their their church. They've just moved in the town and from another church, and they'll they'll have that church send a letter of transfer saying they're they're a member. Um, I'm a total stranger. No one knows church, me. No one knows anything. They'll they'll just can say, I get a can I get a second? Can I can I get a motion to accept? Yes. Oh yes, so get a second. There's a second. All in favor, say aye aye. Welcome to the family. There's usually a round of applause. Um, come by and greet them at the end of the service. Total, stran- that, that total about, stranger. That about it. Mm-hmm. That's. I would say, um, in the Bible Belt, that there's at least this much. There's probably in Baptist churches they would want to know where that baptism was. Okay. A lot of the not not all the time, but mm-hmm. a lot of time. This. I mean, I'm I'm giving just kind of a bare mm-hmm. bones. This can be done. Better. <laughs> this can yeah. be done in a better way, but it can be done in a worse way also. And but that's just kind of the typical how it, how it has been done. Southern Baptist. I was in a church that um, we didn't even know that this was happening until that morning. The pastor was baptizing someone into the mm-hmm. membership, mm-hmm. and we didn't know this person at all. Like this, the the pastor had talked to this this kid while they were playing golf and he trusted in Christ and next thing we know he's getting baptized and he's a member um this kid uh, you didn't have to mm-hmm. talk to him very long to know 
this kid is a lot of things, but a Christian, probably not. And as far as I know, he's he's left. He's not in the church anymore. And no, no church discipline. As far as I know, no church discipline was taken against me. He just, you know, right. kind of faded off. He's probably still on the rolls for the SBC, though. Probably. That's who's yeah, included so. in the 16 million. When they say we got uh-huh. 16 million members, mm-hmm. they're including people like that. Yeah. Um, and it's not even close. It's like 5 million is the real number. Yeah. What's a lot more scary than the scenario you just painted, you come to town, I'm a Christian, yes, I've been baptized, is somewhat what you just said. Someone walks the aisle that Sunday, they're convicted, the pastor does pray with them, Mm -hmm. they profess Christ, and right then, immediately, they're presented for membership Uh on the basis of, well, you said this prayer, you seem sincere, (laughs) Um, bring them right in. uh... And I'm not so troubled by that. I'm okay with a lot of that, but whenever discipline's not functioning mm-hmm. on the other side at all, right. that's when it's especially dangerous. Yeah. Right. So, uh, first church I was at, we um, small small little country town. Um, high attendance Sunday was forty. Um, pastor and his wife show up. He he says, "I, I was a pastor at this church. I'm not there anymore. Um, we're visiting this church." They um, expressed interest in joining. Like red flags. Like who is this guy? <laughs> um, call the church where he was the pastor, and he'd actually been fired. Mm. And um, now he wants to join the church. Uh, me and a couple of other guys in the church, we expressed our concern to the pastor. Like, who is this guy? This guy had had visited like that day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he wanted to join. And um, pastor didn't listen, and uh, they they joined the church. Turns out he just wanted a place to call his church while he was trying to start his own church. And again, they they disappeared, and nothing was done about it. Mm-hmm. This is, I'd love to say this is atypical. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I've been around long enough in the SBC to know that this is happening all over the place. Well, the numbers between our membership mm-hmm. and Sunday morning attendance say that there's a glaring problem right. here. Yeah. There's yeah. a disconnect. For sure. And it's, like you said, it's it's not so much them coming forward so much as there's no church discipline. And so people just disappear. Um, again, I've got a bunch of horror stories. I could just go on and on. Uh, a family came. Uh, they just moved into the community. They wanted to join the church. They joined like the next week. Uh, and we never saw them again. They joined just because that's what you, that's what you do. Like in these small, these small towns, like you're business a cr- people. <laughs> in case um, we I don't die. know what he did. I know that the, I know they were big in baseball. Okay. Um, and so they were. They always missed. Like they were never there. Um, we, like we even visited the pastor and I visited, and they they never came back because that's just what you did. You had to you, become you a just, church member. You just become a church member. Well, if yeah. they die, they need somewhere in the obituary to say that they were a member <laughs> right. and a, someone to preach their funeral. I know who's going to preach the funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but there's no there's no church discipline to justify the easy joining. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we could excuse some of the easy joining if there was some kind of meaningful yeah. <laughs> discipline when they uh, disappear 
or they don't live up to their profession of faith. Right. But there's not. And so our church is either going to be filled with unregenerate church members, which I'm sure you're going to want to talk about, um, or there's people that are on the rolls and we count them in a dishonest way and they're they're not there. Right. Have you ever heard the Presbyterian criticism that um, regarding membership, um, Baptists uh, regulate the front door mm-hmm. and they leave the back door wide open, mm-hmm. whereas Presbyterians, they think it's a much better stance mm-hmm. to regulate the back door um, and leave the front door wide right. open. And <laughs> Yeah, so they have bouncers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Whereas... Uh, I, I don't think that's fair because I think most of our Baptist churches have both doors <laughs> yeah. wide open. I <laughs> think they're being a, too, a little too generous with us. And I think the solution is not to uh, rigidly regulate that front door. Let it you 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 know discipline is functioning well, and so you're you're more lax on that front door, but you do regulate it. Yeah, and then you make sure you employ the back door righteously, right. and and you're in. You're in a good place then. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We can't we can't avoid there being lost people in our church. Like we we'll we'll talk about the membership process that we've got at our churches um in just a second. But even with that, there are people that mm-hmm. make a good profession of faith at the beginning, mm-hmm. but they don't finish. Right. They don't finish well. <laughs> we should be expecting that. It's all over the <clears throat> New Testament. Yes. Yeah. Jesus has a parable for that, right? But we want to, we don't want to just say, just come and, and walk the aisle and join the church. Mm-hmm. That's, that's dangerous to invite people in. With all the warnings in the New Testament about false teachers and false, false doctrine that, that seeps into right. the church unawares, why would we want to knowingly just say, come on in? Right. Um, so we, we, we do, we, we regulate that that front door, mm-hmm. but we don't want to be so strict that we've got to know 100% because we can't, we can't know 100%. I think a criticism that's thrown out, though, would, would well, what about the early church? It seemed like it was happening yeah. immediately. Mm-hmm. And don't you think a lot of this, though, is contextual and shepherding, understanding right. the culture that you're in? Right. If you're in a... It, one is if you have Jews who are converting right. who understand the Old Testament, yeah. there's a big difference <laughs> right. there. right. And the second thing would be whenever you have a culture of, of where there's persecution mm-hmm. and uh, ridicule and you know, they know the offense of the cross right? Right. versus one where you want to join mm-hmm. so that you can say, I am a member of such and such for your own benefit. Right. That doesn't cost you anything to be a member of a Southern Baptist church that, right now. That yeah. changes things. Whereas in the early church, you know... You are associating with the uh, the shame and the reproach reproach yes. of the cross publicly in baptism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to immediately cost you, yeah, right. immediately. So like people aren't just going to be baptized, uh, probably, mm-hmm. um, knowing this could cost me my life, my livelihood, my family could disown me. So if someone were to go forward with public baptism, it's pretty good. Sh- you know, odds that this person has been regenerate. But even, regenerate. but even then, but even then, you've got people in the early church that they apostatized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So even in the early church, yeah, under the uh, a companion of Paul, right, yeah. Demas, he mm-hmm. left. 
Um, he he left the faith. Demas in love with this world yeah. has departed me. One of the saddest verses. Ju- in the Bible. Judas <laughs> spending three years with Jesus mm-hmm. um, in that that close companionship. He yeah. still he still leaves right. Um, so we we can't know one hundred percent, but we can do our best. Yeah, we can. Do we can best. we can do our due diligence mm-hmm. right? because if that's what happens in the in the New Testament and um, with that persecution, right? What what about in America where you can just join a church, mm-hmm. yeah, um, anywhere you want, and someone may make fun of you, but you're not going to be you're not going to be thrown in the prison, right? Even the Gentile, whenever they were making a profession that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? Mm-hmm. They just understood the implications of what that they understood the costliness of that. Right. So I was thinking even membership say. In the underground church in China will look really different from yeah, right. what it does in our churches. <laughs> oh right? yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I'm thinking I know that pastor, mm-hmm. if he's worth his salt at all, is asking, "What do you believe about Christ?" Oh yeah. You know, there's still there's you can't st- you can't have the you can't have the spies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. In, right? If you don't think they have some kind of filter uh-huh. on the front end, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, right. Who is who is Christ? What is the gospel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you came to know him. How many times have you guys done? Right now, all of our all of our membership happens one on one with an elder. Um, the class, you know, what you guys I think have a class mm-hmm. that you offer. Ours always happens one on one. But how many times, whenever you ask that question, uh, you know, what is the gospel? Have the, they responded or let you know that's never been asked mm-hmm. of me? Very often in any yeah. of my church experience. Very often. Yeah, I've never had someone I think say. Unless maybe it was a transfer of membership from you know, mm-hmm. but I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. And we also ask people to write their testimony out. Yes, and most people have never done it uh-huh. ever, so they don't even know how to art. Like that just tells me like they've never um, been held to a a standard. I think we should hold it ourselves to standards, right? One of those should be you ought to be able to tell another non-believer your testimony. Right, like your testimony is not the gospel, but it is a pretty good segue into it, and you ought to be able to. Do, everyone ought to be able to do that. Yeah, because at the end of our service, we don't have, um, you know, like an invitation time where someone can come forward and and talk to someone. But at the end of the service, we tell people if you if you want to trust in Christ or if you want to know more about what it means, you can come talk to an elder or you can talk to someone in the pew next to you, a member. Yeah, I'm talk to a member because we're hoping that right. that person can tell them how to be saved, <laughs> that they can tell them the gospel. Yeah, every every Christian should be able to. Um, every Christian has the Holy Spirit, and so if they know the gospel, they'll be able to. I think, you know, be able to tell somebody the basics. It's not this isn't complicated. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about joining the church. So the, this process that we have, you talked about guarding the front door. We guard the front door. Um, it is, it's open for people to come in. It's not like we're, you know, uh, the Praetorian Guard and we've got a phalanx going and we don't want anybody in our church. We want people <laughs> to come in, right? Yeah. Um, so here's here's kind of how we start. Then you can talk about how, how you start. Yeah. We'll offer a, if you're interested in membership, sign up for this class. That's usually where it starts. So people will sign up, we get enough, we'll do a class. So we go to the class, um, and at the class, we'll usually give everybody, hey, here's our belief 
uh, statement. We'll give you a copy of that. We encourage, we want you to read the whole thing. Uh, here's our Constitution and bylaws. Read the whole thing. And here's a membership application packet. General information. What's your name? What church are you coming from? <laughs> right. And why are you leaving? That's one that's new for a lot of people. Yeah. Because uh, we don't want people just disgruntled. I'm just disgruntled. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to try to reconcile the best of my ability, or I'm living in sin. I'm trying to hide, so I'll join another church. That's on there. Um, are you a Christian? That should be an obvious <laughs> question, right? Uh, tell us your testimony, how yeah. you became a Christian. Right. Have you been baptized by immersion? And then some other questions about, um, will you speak positively about the church? Will you try to avoid gossip? Things like that. Mm -hmm. It can cause problems. Do you uh, agree with our statement of faith? Do you agree with our statement on biblical sexuality? That's important today, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Our beliefs on abortion. So big, big topic things. Um, and of course, we're willing to work through and talk to people about those things. So those questions might be new to people. So the most important thing we're looking for on there, though, is, is this person a Christian? And to the best of our ability, have they been converted? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then... Kind of during the process of our class, they'll, you know, over the next couple of weeks, they'll fill that out. First class that we have is Who is God? Because I think it was R.C. Sproul that said that somebody asked him, um, What is the number one problem in the church today? Mm -hmm. And he said, The number one problem is people don't know who God is. Mm -hmm. Every other problem flows from that. So the first class is uh, Who is God? So obviously that could be massive. We have one smaller class on it. Now we talk about the Trinity, we talk about who God is uh, as uh, sovereign, mm -hmm. eternal, um, and then we move from that right into the gospel. That's second, the second class. And that class is so that if you've never been converted, you could become converted, and that you would know how to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. So we want every person to, to be able to share the gospel. So we just did those two classes last Wednesday. This Wednesday, George will teach the next half of our class. You kind of want to talk about that, what you're going to be teaching? Uh, we'll be talking about the church and the importance of the church, what, what, what is a local church, and uh, then the distinctives of our particular local church, because we're, we know that we're different <laughs> than other churches in our area. So we'll talk about the fact that... Um, we're Calvinist. Mm -hmm. um, we don't, don't. We don't, don't want to, any surprises, right? We, right. Yeah. And and you don't have to be a Calvinist to join our church, um, but you have to know that the elders are Calvinist, and that you're going to hear it from the pulpit. And so you can't go around causing trouble mm -hmm. because you disagree. Which we've never had. had. We haven't had. We've never we had, had anything. We've right? had we people had join like that. that have come out of Arminian denominations because they really liked our church. And the people, the best part about our church is the the church people. They're, uh, they just, I mean, they're, I mean, we're, we're good preachers, George, I guess, right? <laughs> but there's, there's plenty of good preaching. Um, the church people are what make our church good. Oh, yeah. And because I, I would say I'm okay with people, you know? Um, but we have people in our church that are just really good mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. making people feel welcome, oh, and yeah. they're great friends. Right. Uh, they're good at encouraging, and yep. uh, that's the mm -hmm. best part of our church, easily. Yeah. This, this is the best church I've ever been in, and it's not because of the preaching. It's yeah. because of the people. 
It's because of the people that are in our church. We we just have the best people. Yeah. Your people don't even come close, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> so so we we have had, you know, uh people that come from Armenian background join and yeah. um but you don't have, and you, you don't know, have to be a Calvinist to join our. You church, don't have to you know? be. You just have to know that that's expect that, mm-hmm. expect it. Um, we, uh, you know, we we'll talk about our position on abortion. Um, we'll talk about uh, we're elder led. That's that's going to be new for a lot of people. It's not just one guy and a bunch of deacons. Yeah, it's there's a group of elders, and um, there's no one guy. Um, we we. Are equal. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about complementarianism, um, our our view on the role of men and women in the church. Uh, we're congregational. We're congregational. I've got a whole list yeah, of yeah. things, but yeah, we we like you said, we don't want it to be a surprise when people hear us talk about these things. Yeah, why why didn't I know? Yeah, um, because we love our church, and um, we know that there are. 50 other churches that mm-hmm. someone can go to in this town. And so if you don't if you don't like our particular um our particular kind of church <laughs> that how we do stuff, that's fine. There's other places that you can go, mm-hmm. but we're not going to compromise our great church and the health of our great church to accommodate one person mm-hmm. or two people. Right. Um, because we believe that we're standing on the authority of the scriptures, and um, the church is in agreement. Like, it's not the elders that are just saying this is how it's going to be. The mm-hmm. church itself is saying this is how it's going to be, and uh, so we're going to protect that. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're going to guard that against people that would come in and want to stir up trouble. I've been in church. I've been in too many churches that have had um, dissension and gossip and fighting and they split over I would I would say minor differences in in many cases. I don't want that here. And so I'm going to defend it. I'm going to defend the health of our church. Mm-hmm. And if uh if you go through the membership class and and you say, you know what, I'm just not on board with this. I just disagree with it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. There's other churches. Yeah. But we're not going to we're not going to uh we're not going to ignore. So, so you will also uh, talk about membership. Uh, w- what do we expect of our membership? Mm-hmm. You kind of tell them about that too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not just a show up, sit in the pew, and leave. <laughs> we the the Bible expects you to serve. Um, you have gifts that God has given you, and they're not for your they're not for yourself. They're for others. Um, so we expect you to serve. Um, we expect you to attend. It, it always surprises me the number of churches that, I mean, they set the bar real low. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the the lowest the bar can go is we expect you to come. <laughs> Why did you even join if you don't want to come? Um, that's that's bare minimum is come, um, you know, encourage one another, come to the members' meetings. Uh, we have members meetings once a month. We expect you to come. Um, now, providentially, you might be hindered, but if if you uh, make it a priority, we expect you to be there. Uh, that's when we take the Lord's Supper together. Um, yeah, so we 
we want to do everything we can to promote the health of our local church. And um, that's that's not resting on just the shoulders of the elders. It, it rests on the shoulders of the people. Yeah. The church is not the elders. Yeah. The church is the people. And that's seen in the last step of the membership process. Right. The elders don't bring people into the church. Right. We, we would then take those people that have gone through that process and submitted their testimonies, and all the elders are like, this person has, we believe, has a legit testimony. We'd like them to join. We, we would then submit those people to the congregation. Mm-hmm. Say, these, you know, this person wants to join our church, and then they have, is it a month? They've got a month. They've yeah. got one month They've to kind of get to know to, that person To get a to know bit. them, we print out their testimonies so that they can, we... we Share those with the the church so that they can read the testimonies, ask questions. If you've got, you know, maybe you maybe they know something that we don't. Come and right. talk to come and talk to an elder before right before the before the meeting before the, everyone's going to because it may be that like hey, um, we actually know them and we know what actually happened over here. Yeah, they maybe didn't tell you all of it. They didn't tell right. you the truth. But we want to know that before the meeting. We <laughs> right. don't. We don't want a bomb to be dropped in the middle of the meeting because we're we're trying to promote unity. Right. And um, <laughs> I mean, it it becomes just kind of a this cliche of of bad Baptist business meetings um, <laughs> because that's where Baptists like to air out all their their dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. So we uh, we usually have votes of affirmation. Mm-hmm. So if you have a problem or a question or you're you have a dissenting vote, bring that to us before the meeting so that we know and we can address it and maybe you're maybe you're on to something. Maybe you know something that we don't know. We need to hear that before we come to the meeting. We don't want the church to be divided at the meeting. We want them to come together and in unity say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the process. Yeah, yep. so kind of what what do you guys do? So someone comes and they they want to join. We'll hand them. Uh, we have a little booklet that mm-hmm. contains uh, just a brief little bit about our church, and then it has our affir- our our affirmation of faith and our church covenant, and um, has in the back of that the processes to go through. And so the first one would be if they they've already we give that to guests that come. It's welcome to Meridian Church tells about us. So if they've come to us, they've already done step one, which is you need to talk to an elder about joining. And so we'll set up an interview at that point. And so a whole lot of what you talked about, I mean, nearly everything we go through in that that meeting, um, from gathering information to. Um, Hearing, we want to hear their testimony. We want to hear them. That's you know, we what is the gospel? Uh, tell us how Jesus saved you, and we'll walk through our affirmation of faith. We do have two documents uh, confessionally. We have our affirmation of faith, which is really bare. We wanted it to be as bare as possible because we we tell people we think you're meant to grow up in the church, you're not meant to grow up into the church. Mm. Like you don't have to sanctify get to a level of sanctification to be part of the body. Yeah. You become part of the body to be sanctified. Mm. And so we try to make that as minimal as possible mm. and still have a basis for true unity and fellowship within our body. So that's our affirmation. Then we have the church's elder confession of faith. We want to make it clear this is not the elders confession of faith, something that they hold independently from the church. This is the church's elder confession. This is what 
she holds her leadership accountable to mm. in teaching and preaching. This is the official teaching position of the body. And so, like you guys, we wouldn't say you need to be a Calvinist or other distinctions that we have. You wouldn't have to sign off on that. You you do have to sign off on our covenant and affirmation. Mm. You have to agree, though, not to make a stink about anything right. in this elder confession of faith. You understand that is the teaching position of the church. And so we walk through, we don't walk through the whole elder confession. We just talk about some of the distinctives. We walk through every line on the affirmation of faith. And one thing we did, uh, probably four or five years ago now, is we added to that affirmation of faith a statement on biblical manhood and womanhood. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, you, we actually just made a brief statement in there, made it as potent as we could. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we'll walk through all of that with them, and we want to. I'll I'll have them. Do you have any questions about that? And have them affirm verbally as well each item as we walk through it. And then when we finish that portion up, they'll sign it. They do have to. I, I miss this. We'll tell them once they've requested that elder interview. I'll tell them write a what no more than one page testimony of faith. And um, in the past. We we have, I'll just disclose this because I think it'll be helpful. In the past, we've had them read um, the B.D. Anyabwile's book, What is a Healthy Church Member? And since then, uh, because of not wanting to give conflicting messages to our people, uh-huh. right. because uh, I pray for our brother, but I think he's gone quite wrong in some ways, we don't use that anymore, except sometimes I'll qualify it when I hand it to him, hey, mm-hmm. Here's here's the deal. We do still use uh, what is a healthy church, the little book by Dever, mm-hmm. and say read through this. And so we talk about this. Really, will give you some idea of our philosophy of ministry. Read through our uh, our affirmation. That is that is our uh, theology that's mm-hmm. driving this. And then read our covenant. That's our those are the relationships okay. that we're expecting here. And so we ask that ahead of time when they come to that elder interview. Most of the time, they already have that. After the elder interview, that elder will bring it to the other elders, talk about it, and at that point, that'll go into it. We have what we call a Meridian Life Letter, and that's typically about three weeks away. We do our membership meetings quarterly, and so at least three weeks back from that meeting, that letter's sent out to our members. They can review it. Same scenario. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Yeah. Um, or. And we're wanting to let you know about this person yeah. and wanting to let you know to get to know this person because whenever we present them before the body at that meeting, we have vows both for that person and for the body themselves that they commit to. Because um, I, I think this is important, that it is a church membership is covenantal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a that would take a long time to walk through, but that is a theology... It's not a it's not a doctrine you go to a verse. It's it's you have to do some theology and reasoning from the scriptures at large. Right. But I think here's the principle. John Murray said that you he basically said something like this. You you can't get your hands on the universal church. The only way you you touch the universal church in any way is in the local body. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you really get hands on it. And so understanding that and then thinking about the way that the people of God were structured in the Old Testament, 
Um, Jonathan Lehman talks about it this way. God's love always draws lines. There's always a, a, a circle around his people. He, um, circumcision itself speaks to this, a people that are cut apart. Right. And so you always have his people marked, distinct, and think of all that, this is just in brief, think of all the times that the people would have these kind of covenantal renewal moments mm-hmm. where there was a vow. And it wasn't just a vow that involved those the first table of the Ten Commandments, their relationship to God. It involved that second table and their relationship to one another. There was a covenantal bond that was happening in those acts between before God and involving one another. And uh, and so that that's the nature of of membership, and that's why we we have those vows whenever we we kind of cap it off. Yeah, very good. That was that was good. That was good stuff in that. So yeah, awesome. Well, uh, we're about running out of time. I would just say, having been in churches that have not done these things, you just come forward and join. Um, no, no church discipline. Being now in a church that has um, a, a fairly lengthy membership process, um, the responsibilities are are spelled out, um, the expectations, and then the the understanding of church discipline. Um, there's a world of difference between the churches. Mm-hmm. Um, this the church that that I'm in right now has been one of actual fellowship, um, peace. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of infighting. There's not division. And and um, I, the church I was in <laughs> before we merged had a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And um, your your blood pressure rises when you are about to step in the door and you don't know what is someone going to be mad at me about yeah, today? Yeah. I haven't had that. <clears throat> I, I I have not had that stress at Christ Fellowship. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like right after we merged, George, it took you for a little while to feel like, <laughs> hey, uh, Jay's not going to stab me in the back, <laughs> and uh, this, these church people aren't going to turn on me. Right. I can actually trust these people. Yeah. Had a little bit of paranoia. <laughs> you had to, yeah. <laughs> So, understandably, because of you know what you experienced before, right? I don't know how you could be a pastor and not know that you could trust, like you can trust your people. And yeah, it's 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 hard. Yeah. I like the you know it's it's implied that it's covenantal. I I like that you you make it explicit. This is covenantal. Um, we belong to one another. That's that's what Paul talks about. We belong each to one another. We're we're members one of each other mm-hmm. um and that's like your your fingers you wouldn't just hack off a finger mm-hmm. because it's obnoxious <laughs> or because you, you just are in a you know an angry mood and it's not doing what you want it to do so Twitch, where's uh, where's the butcher knife you know but that's that's what a lot of people do in the church mm-hmm. is they just they just push someone aside as if this person isn't a member of the same body that I'm in. I need this person, and they need me. And so whatever our differences are, we need to reconcile, and mm-hmm. we need to um, 
focus on the gospel and, and loving and serving each other instead of just trying yeah. to get my own way. And I've got to have the music my way and I've got to have the service my my style and, and everything's got to go my way. That that simply is not the covenantal attitude of a true church. A true church is I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm a member of you and I serve you and I love you and I want what's best for you. Well if you've already uh, not establish that the unity is built on a common confession right. and covenant, mm-hmm. then it's going to center around the self. Yeah. And you're going to have wars and fighting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there's pastors listening and they think, man, there's <laughs> uh, people aren't going to go through that. I just encourage you, you know, we, uh, six years ago now, I guess this process started and, and, uh, it's been nonstop every year, multiple classes a year. Yeah. And so people have been joining our church repeatedly for six years. And we are in a military town, so people are also leaving every year. That's yeah. a difficult thing mm-hmm. about being a pastor and having a church and and even being a church member, you gotta say goodbye to people all the time. But there's always people coming. And we've only, like we've had one person in six years refuse to go through this process. Mm-hmm. Only one. Yeah. And so that was a big Thing for us, we say, well, you know, this isn't the elders' process. This is the church's pro. This is the church. This yeah. is what the church wants people to get to do yeah. to join this church. So, um, people will do it. Yeah. I think people actually. I think it's like a breath of fresh air to people. Actually, we take we take the church seriously. Yeah, this is not just another social club. Yeah, and we we actually take this seriously, and we want to guard it. Yeah. Jesus bought and purchased purchased his people with his blood. Right. It's yeah. not something to to take lightly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, George, you're gonna be late for your meeting, my friend. Why don't you shut us down? I got I got nothing. I can go another thirty minutes. <laughs> okay. You ready to go? Uh, uh, well, we could go forever. <laughs> we just sit here and talk about this stuff forever. But uh, all right, yeah. Josh. Thanks for joining us. It's thanks. always a pleasure to have you, and uh, wish you lived closer so you could join us more often. So joy. All right. Well, hopefully this has been beneficial for you as we've talked about the importance of the church um, and membership and why it matters. And uh, it's our hope that you would be in a a healthy, Christ-centered, scripturally-based church. Um, again, hopefully this has helped you to, uh, to come back to the scriptures, to think through these things with a biblical worldview, and that, of course, it helps you to become more and more conformed to Christ. 